Hi, I'm Dan, and this is Running Stories Radio. We start with this month's story. On a previous episode, we asked for your stories about your first race or your first run. The stories you sent in showed us your anxiety. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If I, man- if I manage to do it at all, that's kind of what I'll be pleased about. Your humour. Never wear something on race day you haven't worn before. And what an achievement it was to finish. I never thought I'd be able to run a 5k. And it was absolutely mental. Like my, I, I, I always say my first race was the most important race that I will ever do because I just, I like broke down afterwards. This last story stuck with us especially, and we wanted to find out more. So we got in touch with Joey Jones. My name is Joey Jones. I'm 27. Um, I'm based in Newport, South Wales. Joey is great fun to chat to. She's funny, enthusiastic supportive of others, and it is no surprise that she is now leading her own running group. Although, it's a surprise to one person, herself. When I was 16, I was diagnosed with epilepsy and I was put on a medication where I put on two stone in about six weeks, something like that. And my self-esteem was just absolutely shot. Like I just wasn't going out with my friends anymore, I was stuck at home just really really down about myself and I think that pattern would have carried on if I hadn't like obviously I went through university and everything um and found some a little bit more self-esteem but still hadn't really got it back and I really think finding this group was my turning point. Before Joey found this group and she'll tell us about that in a minute but before that what was her life like? Very, very um, sedentary. Just kind of watching TV, not really doing much. Um, I did. A, I I did do a bit of like Zumba and um, gym classes and stuff like that. But I wasn't very outgoing at all. I didn't really like. I didn't have any confidence around people or anything. But then last year. Sometime last year, I was on Facebook and I came across the Fat Girl's Guide to Running and it seemed different to every other running club. So I'd looked into running clubs in my local area and um, I just, I wouldn't have gone to them. I didn't have enough confidence at all for it. Finding them and finding the clubhouse, the Too Fat to Run clubhouse, um, which was founded by Julie Crawford, uh, which was the open group is the Fat Girls Guide to Running. Um, and then the closed group, which we pay membership for, um, is the Clubhouse. And it's an online, um, all-inclusive women's group. Um, so it's not just running to be fit. It's, I mean, it's not just running to be, to lose weight and stuff like that. It's uh, running for well-being and um, general body confidence kind of thing um so yeah I started off with them who are just the most supportive people because it's an online thing 
you get people from all over the country with all different experiences and there's always someone always gone through what you're going through so there's always someone there to offer support and um yeah it was just something that I've always wanted to do but I never thought I could so I started off with the five weeks to 5k program and then once I did that I was like oh (laughs) I can do this so it um it kind of kicked off from there really it was it, it was kind of a January New Year's resolution thing that hasn't stopped. <laughs> so, yeah. And the confidence Joey has taken from the group has led her to do things she didn't think she'd be able to do, both physically and mentally. Um, and then, like, for instance, yesterday, um, I did my first ever trail run, which was actually mental. Um, <laughs> and um, it was... Um, I only found out a couple of weeks ago that there was only 200 spaces for it. And then yesterday when we turned up, there was only 40 people entered. And I was just like, at the beginning of the year, if that had happened, I probably wouldn't have started the race. But I was just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the slowest one here. That's fine. I don't mind. And I just got on with it. And it was really, really, like, it was such a fun day. It was, so, it was really nice and sunny. Everyone was so friendly. Um, and I managed to do my furthest distance I've ever done. I did just over 14 kilometres um, off-road, and I've never run off-road before. So <laughs> it was a bit crazy, but it was a really, really good um, experience. And I think that's one of the main things is being able to put myself in situations that I would never would have put myself in before. There has been some debate, sometimes a heated one, in the media, in blogs, in print, on talk shows about using the word fat and it being claimed, owned, reappropriated and if not taken as a positive turn, certainly removing the negativity around. Does Joey think this is something that will help? I do. Um, Personally, my feeling um, about the club is that it's not just for women who are overweight, it's um, it's too fat to run question mark it's an all-inclusive running club so you can be any size um to run it's using fat in a not not in a negative way mm. and it's not focusing on the weight loss aspects of running but as focusing on the health aspects of it and lifestyle aspects of it um but also at races we have like too fat to run race vests that we wear at races we always get women coming up to us and being really encouraging with men coming up to us being really encouraging um and it's because a lot of the t-shirts that are sold they're plus size t-shirts so there's people who want to get into running but they can't find the correct technical wear to wear because a lot of clothing lines and running don't go up to larger sizes so they'll come up and be like oh where did you get your vest and then they get involved in the conversation and then they'll do come and they'll do one of the online courses or something like that and it's it's a really good way of interacting with a lot of women It's not only about the terminology, 
It's about helping to redefine assumptions about what a runner should look like. When I first started running, I would wear um, like the long leggings. I wear a long um, top, um, long sleeves. I'd cover myself up as much as possible because I just and I'd wear all black as well, which wasn't very good in January going out for evening runs. Um, and I was I was really really self-conscious about what anyone would think of me, and I wouldn't wear tight-fitting tops or anything like that because of I didn't want anyone to think oh she thinks that she's a runner or anything like that. And then compared that to yesterday when I did um, my trail run, I wore shorts for the first time I run. <laughs> And the night before, I was completely freaking out. <laughs> I was just like, short, what? But on the day, I just, I didn't even notice. It, it wasn't even a factor. I was like, I'm not boiling hot because I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> so it's amazing. Um, I, yeah, I was in shorts and a vest. I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I think it is really, really important for people to just get into their heads that it's you don't have to look like a runner because the runners who I think previously have been shown that obviously or are well known are long distance athletes or professional athletes so obviously they have very very athletic bodies but people who are going running three times a week and have maybe have two kids and are trying to do life without just being an athlete are not going to have athletic bodies mm. it's just not going to happen but you can still run three times a week and be healthy i think that's the difference one of the phrases we hear attached to running groups or fitness programmes is well-being. It can be banded around as a catchy or slogan, but often means something different and personal to different people. What does it mean for Joey? For, for me personally, I, I think I've realised that although I can have these goals in running, like yesterday I wanted to get to either 15 kilometres or 20 kilometres, um, but I knew... Ment- I, I've learned a lot about myself mentally so I pushed myself as far as I could physically go and then I was okay with saying to myself you can't go any further than this you're going to hurt yourself and I stopped, stopped and I was absolutely fine with that I didn't feel disappointed in myself or anything and I think that's a lot of it is there's a lot of focus on the fact that Running is a certain percentage physical training, but also a percentage of mental training. Your head needs to be in the right place for it. Mm. Because if you don't believe in yourself and you're not confident in yourself, then you're not going to have a good run, really. Um, Also, since running, I have started eating a lot better. (laughs) Um, And I... If I've got a long run, such as, well, what I've started doing is if I've got a long run, such as yesterday, 
Um, I try and not drink alcohol for two weeks before, just because I, that's just a personal choice of mine, um, just to control my hydration. But I think the well-being thing overall is just, in the most simple form, it's just the confidence that you have with yourself. It's the mixture of both your physical and mental health and just you feeling... You don't even have to feel okay with yourself. You need to feel that you have the tools to be able to be okay with yourself, if that makes sense. If you've been running for a while, or you're someone who's never lacked confidence or faced anxiety about social activities or sports, it might be hard to remember or imagine what barriers there can be to joining a club or group. So I think it is important that more run clubs are set up that are inclusive run clubs that are not just for people who can already do a 10k and can do it within a certain amount of time and they need to be aware that there is a larger group of people who want to be involved in running and maybe haven't got involved in running because they're afraid of approaching people because of they might be worried that they're going to be not accepted into the group because they don't fit the stereotypical runner mould. Because the impact can be massive. Because um, it has completely changed my life. Like being able to start my own running club is complete. I wouldn't have thought I'd be doing that. <laughs> if you said to me in January, I'd be starting my own running club in August. <laughs> I probably would have laughed in your face. Joey's new running group will be kicking off properly in the coming months. And to find out more about that and Joey's running, you can follow her on Twitter at JJ underscore runners. Thanks to Joey, and we'll have her eclectic music choices at the end of the show. We really appreciate you sharing the podcast and telling people about the show, whether that's in person or on Twitter, Facebook. What is also really helpful is to rate us and review us on iTunes or on other platforms where you can. It's not just for our egos, although obviously we like it. It also lifts our ranking, which means new people get to find out about us. For those of us who have taken our running to the next level in terms of distance and difficulty, it can be quite hard to find new ways to improve your performance. For me personally, I've now run six marathons and dipped my toe in the world of ultra running and been fortunate to get chatting with other runners and share my knowledge and experience. A question that comes up between us as well as on Twitter is about the benefits of having a coach. We've collected the most common of these questions and put them together to ask our regular contributor and coach, Anna-Marie Watson. Why would someone want a coach? You, I mean, you can work with a coach for all different types of reasons. Um, you might have a specific race that you're training towards, or there may be um, something about your running style that just isn't kind of quite working. You're maybe getting, you know, repetitive injuries and when you look at some people's form um, and you often don't notice this because it's your running style and it feels natural but actually if you video yourself and see how you run you'll pick up 
you know, anomalies that just kind of maybe look a bit awkward. They don't quite flow. You're maybe leaning too much to one side. Your arms aren't kind of going backwards and forwards properly, um, whether you're kind of a heel or a toe striker. So working with a coach who has that knowledge and experience, they can help you kind of break down the technical aspects of your running um, and give you some pointers and give you some kind of drills and exercises, which will ultimately make your running more efficient, um, make you faster and you know, prevent injuries as well. Can you not just do it yourself? If, if, if everyone has different motivators and you, you know, there's there's a lot of programs online to prepare for you know your marathon your half marathon and you know if it works for you printing out the schedule putting it on the fridge and you know crossing it off as you go along you know do it that way and you know if that's going to save you money and you can stick to it absolutely fine um i i kind of like to get a little bit geeky and into the detail so i very much re- record all my data and it all gets uploaded onto um, training peaks my my coach can look at that and he can very much distill down into my cadence my heart rate my different zones and having his expertise to provide me feedback to then tailor my program moving forwards is so much more valuable um, and I don't have the knowledge or the experience to be able to give myself that so having a coach who can look at it objectively um, and work through and then basically create a unique program for me I find extremely valuable and you know he takes into account my workload as well and um, if I'm away on a business trip for example we will kind of shift my program um, because just kind of pulling stuff off the internet it's it, it, it's kind of like a one size fits all and ultimately everybody is different um, so working with a coach can tailor things specifically for you. What's the benefits of a real coach? But there's there's also the there's also the mental side of things as well. Um, and a coach should be able to kind of support you from a, a physical um, physiological side of things. So that, you know they're working with your technique and they're bringing their tra- your training on. But it's also you know a good coach will be able to deal with your mental preparation as well. So you know what do you actually want out of the race that you've entered? What are your mental goals? What's your mindset? How are you preparing for that? And you know they, they may challenge you at times. Um, and that's kind of like that little digging deep to find out that reason. You know what are, what are you trying to achieve from this race? What do you want from working with a coach? Because if you're just kind of signing up for all this stuff and you don't really know why you're doing any of it and you're just filling your time up, it's all kind of a little bit pointless. And, you know, I've had races where I've gone in and I've been completely mentally prepared and I've had conversations with my coach beforehand and everything has fallen into place. And, you know, it's been a really enjoyable experience racing. And I've had other races where I'm kind of not really quite sure why I'm doing this race and it just all it's been a little bit disconnected and the, the actual racing experience hasn't flowed as well as it could do. Isn't a coach just for professionals? Oh my God, no, not at all. Um, you know, anybody can work with a coach and I'd actually encourage people who are just starting out to work with a coach sooner rather than later. Um, so if you have any bad habits, they can get nipped in the bud straight away and they will give you a lot of support and you will improve in absolute leaps and bounds um, moving forwards. What about the cost? 
it, it, I mean, it, it depends and it, it also depends what level of accountability you want. So maybe just a coach preparing a program for you and then touching base on a monthly basis, that'll work. Um, you know, other people may want more contact and actual more in the moment feedback. So depending on, you know, different coaches have different styles. It depends if you, what, what data you're uploading, what kind of level of feedback do you want? Do you want kind of weekly Skype conversations on it? Do you want monthly Skype conversations? So ultimately it comes down to time and you, you're paying for someone's time and they will have invested a lot in their coaching qualifications and their experience. So that's got a value on it. Um, so ultimately it's, you know, there's good coaches out there, there's bad coaches out there and it's finding someone that you fit with. And when you think of that money, how much would you spend on potentially going out for an evening and having a few drinks or for dinner into the cinema? and compare that to how much a coach would cost. And everybody has different priorities and everyone has different values. So it's finding something where you feel that you're getting good value for money and feel, and receiving a, you know, a, a service that works for you. Could you maybe get a coach as a group? Group coaching is definitely feasible. It depends if you want that kind of individual focus and clearly within that group people are going to have different motivations potentially different races that they're focusing on um different strengths as well so it it's all it's all an open conversation and any coach who is credible will ultimately be willing to engage in a conversation that's what it's all about a coach is a it's a two-way process yes you're learning from the coach but they're taking you as an athlete but also as a person into consideration, and they they should be tailoring things to your to your needs. And ultimately, you know, if you're not happy with the service you're getting at any point, just okay, this this kind of isn't working for me. Um, and you know, every coach should have a like a trial period potentially as well, just as a bit of a kind of a chemistry session, so you can get like a little bit of a taste or a bit of a flavour um, of what of what they're like. But you know, every, every coach works works differently. It's, it's about having that confidence to just initiate that conversation. So you need to know kind of, you know, what do you want from a coach and have that, if it helps write down a few ideas on a bit of paper before you kind of start the conversation, do that. But also ask, you know, at the local running club um, and see if anyone's got any coaches that they would, they would recommend. What would you do first when looking for a coach? It's definitely worth doing a bit of research. There are 101 coaches out there and they will all have different knowledge, philosophies and styles. And it's ultimately finding someone that you can work in partnership with and feel comfortable with. Um, it took me a lot of courage to pluck up working with my coach, um, which would have been about three years ago. And I very much kind of got to know him working with the squad. And it wasn't until I'd probably been about six months I kind of approached him um, on an individual basis and just kind of started the discussions and any coach you know they, they should be completely open with you know what they can offer and um, services wise price wise approach wise and you know ask ask questions and ask for references and you know what have their successes 
been in the past. Um, some coaches will have like a specific um, area. So, you know, they may be kind of coaching for like a 10K or a half marathon or like longer than that. And you want to be getting, you know, you want to be getting your money's worth ultimately. Um, looking back now over how long I've been working with a coach, I can see that I have improved in absolute leaps and bounds. Um, before I was a little bit haphazard and that's probably been polite with my training. I'd kind of put my trainers on and walk out the door and think, oh, what should I do today? And maybe set off on a bit of a trot and maybe put a few efforts in there, but there was absolutely no structure or no plan kind of from day to day. And, you know, working with a coach has given me this framework so I can kind of cycle my training. I'll have recovery weeks and I'll have more intense volume weeks. And um, there's a couple of speed sessions thrown in there, which, I've always been an endurance fan, you know, point me in the right direction and I'll just plod and plod and plod and plod. So the thought of doing kind of 200 meters, 100 meters, 400 meter reps, I used to really, really struggle. Um, or even going and doing the odd 5K um, as a park run on the weekend. But it has supported and improved my endurance times just an absolute hundredfold. It's been kind of switching on those fast twitch muscles. Thanks again to Anna Marie. You can find more at Twitter on RFM Coaching. The nights are getting colder. The evenings are getting darker. And the first frost of autumn is appearing on the car windscreens. Some of us fair weather runners fear the cold. And some of us might be looking for a warmer climate. Whether it's to don the vest or to put on your lycra leggings. Next episode, we have experts in both fields. From the heat of the Sahara Desert to the icy rivers of Mongolia. Next episode, we bring you the extremes. Um, I thought the main risks would have been frostbite um, and the wolves um, were the main risks that I was aware of. What really stood out for me was how quiet it was. Um, you know, the, the stillness out there is just amazing because it, it's so uninhabited that there's just nothing around. Most of the locals are on horseback, so you just don't hear any, there's no noise pollution at all. Um, and the only noise that you could hear was actually the sound of the ice, like cracking underneath you. bouncing through the trees um, like echoing so at the beginning it was really unsettling and I remember I was running um, at the same pace as another guy called Paul and we just kept looking at each other sort of going oh you know is this really safe? We're always on the lookout for your running stories whether it's something current or a past race or event get in touch. I'm Dan you've been listening to the Running Stories Radio. And your music this week comes from Joey Jones. She's gonna break soon, gonna break soon, gonna break soon. She's gonna break soon, gonna break soon, gonna break soon. With so many problems in her life, it really comes as no surprise. But she's gonna break soon, gonna break soon, she's gonna break. Welcome to her busy, dizzy life of going out and getting high. Following up.
can keep your ketamine. Yeah. I'm a baseline junkie. I'm a baseline junkie. I'm a baseline junkie. And I like it funky. Yeah. Big, dirty, stinking bass. Dirty, stinking bass. Big, dirty, stinking bass. Dirty, dirty, stinking big. Dirty, stinking bass. Dirty, stinking bass. Big, dirty, stinking bass. Bass, 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 bass. Take 
I don't know. 